It's a wild, wet and windy day, mid-January 2021, and here we are with the very first episode of Getting Down to Business, where I talk on a personal and candid level with the owners of local independent businesses, and we drill down to find out what makes them and their businesses successful. Today's guest is the founder of Reed's Warblers and Jenny Wren's Choirs and the Yorkshire Singing Courses Workshop Company. And I'm really pleased to be welcoming Jennifer Reed. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, Julian. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Uh, if, a little, <laughs> if a little nervous. Right. Oh. So, as anybody who knows you will know, with Jenny Reed, it's all about the music. Um, we'll start with where we are at the moment with the music and how that uh, ties in with your businesses. Um, I think the first business that you established was Reed's Warblers Choir. Is that right? That's right. That I did that 11 years ago. My business at the moment is all about the group singing and it has been that for the last couple of years. Before that, I was an instrumental teacher. So I, I taught piano and flute and just a little bit of singing nothing nothing serious at all just a little bit of singing um and I taught um classroom music and drama in primary secondary and school college so locally I've always done lots and lots of music let's, um but let's I, sorry let's just keep that timeline going back a little bit and let's get some real idea of uh, your roots in music if you like uh, because it, I think it's equally about the nature and the nurture, and you really do have the music in you, to quote a song. So just <laughs> tell, tell us where it all started. So my mum and my aunties were, were professional singers. They were recording artists in the late 50s, early 60s. They worked with some really um, eminent musicians, John Barry being their musical arranger. He later went on to write all the Bond themes, um, the toured with Eartha Kitt, Helen Shapiro, shared digs with the Beatles, went on tour with the Shadows, Marty Wilde, Billy Fury, all those big names at that time. And they did that for a while, I think until my mum was probably early 20s. So this was, um, was pre-Jenny Reid then? Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, so just music was in our family and it was just something we did. My childhood, all I can remember is somebody playing the piano when any part of my mum's side of the family came to visit it was just instead of having a cup of tea and a piece of cake it was right let's get songbooks out and let's have a play and let's have a sing it was just part of our family language really um and so it just seemed natural that I had piano lessons and um it, it was just an interest it was just part part of who we were part of who I was just the to music. go back, what was, he, what was your mum's band called? So my mum was in the England Sisters and the Dale Sisters. The, the, they became the England Sisters, first of all, because the manager was Paul England, because their surname was Dunderdale, which didn't have that showbiz ring to it. Uh, so they shortened it later when they went independently to the Dale Sisters. And if listeners um, want, to, want to Google this, there's all the references to their... The race, yeah, they're all on YouTube. And they actually charted yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah, so... they were on Jukebox Jury and Ready, Steady, Go, all the big, like, pop um, programmes at the time on telly. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so your musical foundation started before you were even born. So you went on from a, a family that was steeped in music and then started what could be said to be formal education as your piano lessons, yeah? Yeah, piano lessons. Um, but because there were four of us, my dad couldn't really afford an, a second instrument. So I used to work at a chip shop on a Saturday dinner time and on a Thursday tea time. And I paid for my own flute lessons. Right. Um, when well, I was about 16 and then... Uh, did A-levels, went to university, Hull University, and studied a classical music degree yeah. and came back and started teaching piano and flute. And, and then um, at, at, in schools, I worked at a secondary school in uh, Hull and then loads of primary schools in Goul yeah. and then Goul College. So, there was, um, there was so I always had lots of different... Um, things going on. I didn't do the yeah. same thing nine to five all the time. So I might have taught piano, then taught flute, and then taught a morning at a school. Then the next day would go to lecture in music theatre at Gold College. So there was always lots of variety and and things that I could develop or close down. And so I always felt I had a lot of um, scope in my business to explore things that were financially viable or yeah. and stop things that weren't so I was looking in the, the freedom to do that and and the then about the Reeds Wobblers choirs was just going to be just just another project then it, it well it was I was teaching um I was teaching at Reed School I was a flute teacher at Reed School but the singing teacher was off sick poorly and um they just said can you cover her lessons um and and I just found out I just I absolutely loved it. I just thought, you know, when you just think, this is what I'm meant to do. I found something that I'm really meant to do, which sounds stupid because I've been singing all my life, but teaching it, especially the music theatre bit, we, I just loved it. So I went on loads of different courses um, in London and um, met loads of different teachers. A lot of them were West End, you know, in shows. And, and so I felt like I was at the really cutting edge of new technique of singing. Um, and it was great. So as the singing developed and the singing teaching developed, I thought, why not start a choir? Years ago, I, I did a company, a choir, because I, I play piano. I, I was the pianist for... Um, Christ Church Choir and I just always remembered that lovely warm musical hug that uh, a choir in harmony sounds like if you've not experienced it it's hard to it's hard to describe it's like actually being in the same room when there's a brass band it like vibrates inside you it, it's the most warmest feeling it's the most wonderful feeling so I thought I wonder if I could try that again I had the freedom all my eggs were in one basket yeah. it was a little project I could I could try out to see if it see if it worked. So I put an advert in Gold Times. But the real inspiration for starting it was because I'd spoke to a lot of adults who had expressed a desire to sing, but nerves and fear and self-doubt and self-criticism, which we all have as adults, were preventing them doing anything. And there didn't seem to be a choir at that point in this area that felt inclusive without the big hierarchy that sometimes there is, well, there can be in a choir. Yeah. And I just thought if I could provide um, an environment which was 
absolutely safe for people to try out and try the voices out, share the voices, doing songs that everybody loved. I thought that would be quite a nice thing to do. And, and, and it was, <laughs> everybody yeah. loved it. So 12 people turned up that first week and, and then they brought friends and, and then within a month or two, we had about 30 people in. Yeah. Making a really good sound. It's a powerful choir. And absolutely. Uh, and a lot of these people, uh, pre Reed's Warblers, possibly thought they couldn't sing or they couldn't sing very well at least. Th- that's what that that's the first thing everybody says. I can't sing. You won't want me. I can't sing. I'd love to do it. And that is that is my ideal client because at, at schools, if you didn't have a music professional. And, and teachers had to teach singing. If somebody was loud or had a deep voice or had a really high voice, they wouldn't know what to do with it. So they would say, you'll keep quiet. You can't do this bit. Yeah. And as a child, that's completely damaging. Yeah. That's really damaging. And so you carry that through as an adult and you tell yourself that story. That becomes your story. Oh, I can't sing. Because it's so, as we all know, it's so much easier to have the critical voice than the... Um, positive voice isn't it in your head so it's quite amazing to see the transformation when people come thinking they can't sing find out they actually can sing and sing quite well learn as we go improve it it opens up to all aspects of the life it ain't just singing it's this self-esteem thing it's it's fabulous so it it spills through all Knocks on to other things other than just just the singing and just the socialising. There are actually deeper... Yeah, well, there is. I mean, a physical health benefit is that it it reduces blood pressure. It's it's a stress reliever, apart from all that. But also mentally, to be part of a choir and to be an integral, valued part of a choir, that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? as a human, it's all about connection. Absolutely. Go back to more and, primal times. Yeah, when absolutely. To feel valid and, yeah, absolutely. And your uh, experience and training uh, on the actual mechanics of the voice helps you find what people's true singing voice is. Then you can you can pick apart the problems, really, if, if that's necessary. If that's necessary, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to do that um, when I used to do private teaching. I don't do that anymore because I'm so delighted to say that choirs had absolutely taken off and I could really concentrate all my energy on choirs. Um, So I didn't do so much um, individual um, training on on voices. But how about having a course in Ghoul? Instead of me going to these courses, why don't I get one of these West Enders? to come to Gould, see if anybody would like to do that. Which was, and, and which was the origins of Yorkshire singing courses. Absolutely, absolutely. So we started with um, one of my friends from university who's went on to have a fantastic career at English National Opera and the Doyle Cart Company. Um, and she came with a, an actress friend of hers and they got into the, they did a course singing for beginners and they got into the nitty gritty of the psychology of performing and singing and and not feeling good enough and all the rest of it and it was an absolute fantastic toe in the water for beginners and that was amazing and and seeing how much people got out of that and then come to choir the next week and have this kind of newfound confidence that was absolutely evident to see 
people said, oh, can I go on one of those courses? Look, look how, look how brilliant they've come on. Look, look at the difference in their whole outlook and confidence and not, as I say, not just singing, just in the whole demeanour. And the Oxing singing courses then evolved into a series of workshops that have been quite... It did. We, yeah, yeah. We had loads of different guest um, workshop leaders. We, we had... Um, Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, Mamma Mia. So some of these courses would be based on shows. So we've had uh, a guy who was in Miss Saigon, Blood Brothers, Les Mis, and he comes and does weekends based on those shows. Then we have cabaret weekends that we team up with the Lowther in Ghoul and we, we have 12 students and we have... Um, a course leader and we tutor these students. I can say, but it's not all about show music. It's also, as you d- just touched on there, pop music and rock music comes into it. One of your things you were telling me about was one of your workshops, which was sing with a band with a professional club band. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we um, got a friend of ours, um, Carrie, who's, um, she's actually a speech therapist and a vo- vocal coach as well as a fantastic singer, she sings in this brilliant club band. And we did one one weekend workshop, which was great, which we had 10 students and they rehearsed with this band. And we ended up, the whole workshop culminated in a big gig at Howdenshire Hall with, um, again, an audience come in. The band did a set. The 10 students did a set. It was absolutely fantastic. Everybody was a pop star for a night. Um, it was, and they really felt like that. And and just just going back to the support, um, not only do you get the support on these courses with your fellow um, course members, it really it really helps you to absolutely achieve your full potential and and feel safe enough to really go for it. It's a big part of all all three of your business ventures is the camaraderie and the support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the Yorkshire Singing Courses workshops then fed into another element of Reed's Warblers. Um, that maybe isn't right on the timeline, but tell yeah, us about no. the actual, how it goes on with the Reed's Warblers, because it's not just about weekly choirs, is it? No. So, obviously there's loads of choirs in this audio, in this area, whether they be choral or, uh, I, think, I think rock choir started up a couple of years ago, but I think yeah. it only lasted a term. Um, one thing that I'm passionate about being a trained musician is I'm not into the backing tracks. Right. I'm not into the karaoke choirs at all. Um, we are blessed with one of the best accompanists around, Natalie Walker, who was a, a, a pupil of mine from being uh, eight. And um, when, we, when we first formed the first choir, uh, Natalie was 16, as as the first choir that we now call the pop choir developed and, and got 60 members, obviously our repertoire is pop music. Um, more people came up and said they would love to join another choir, but they would love to do show music, you know, music theatre. Yeah. So Natalie and I formed a partnership and we run show choir together. Um, live accompaniment, it really does make a difference. It's like a musical experience. It isn't just sing to this tape. Reed's Warblers actually comprises of two choirs. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got pop choir and show choir. Sorry, I didn't make that clear. Yeah, we've got about 60 members in each. And and, all- and if if I wanted to come to one, it's how formal or informal. Do I have to pass an audition or...? 
No, all we ask is that you sing in tune. Um, that could be a challenge. So I'll explain. We split into three-part harmony. So unison, for people who don't know that term, just means everybody singing the same tune like you would in a school assembly. Yeah. Two-part harmony would be like the Everly Brothers. Yeah. We split into three-part harmony, which is like the Andrews sisters. Right. Or I should say the Dale sisters, really, shouldn't I? But to anybody who's a little bit overwhelmed by that concept, it just comes naturally if they turn up and see what it's all about, yeah? Absolutely. In absolute basic layman's term, terms, we work out if you've got a high voice, a low voice, or somewhere in the middle, and we put you in that section and see how you go. Do I, you, don't, you really don't need to read music at all because we give you a CD or digital tracks of your part. So you just learn that by listening to it in the car or and then come to quiet practice and we jigsaw it all together. So it fits no matter how experienced or advanced you are in the formal music, if you like, there's there's room for you. There's absolutely room for you. And another big part of the choirs, I know, are the biannual concerts that you work towards. Tell us a bit more about those. That's right. We we perform at the junction. So both choirs get together for the Christmas gig. So there are 120 voices plus on stage. Um, and we team up with uh, a brass band, Yorkshire World Versatile Brass. That's why I love being part of this gold community. Anybody who maybe doesn't have the time or the confidence to get involved with uh, Reed's Warblers, tell us a little bit more about Jenny's Wrens. Oh, Jenny's Wrens. An amazing, feel-good, one-hour sing-song on a Wednesday afternoon at Butterfly Dance Studios. It's for some anybody who just loves singing but don't want the pressure of being in a choir or learning stuff. It's just a great feel-good. So every week we have like a theme or a, an artist and it's just come and have a sing-song. You, you just come and get your printed words. So many friendships are made. It's a great, great, welcoming uh, gang. Great. So each each different part of your business feeds into other parts. It does. There's a singing group for whatever whatever you want from it. But everything's been on hold since the start of 2020, yeah? Well, the situation is from the 16th of March, we weren't allowed to gather and sing. Natalie did this fantastic thing at Christmas where we um, each recorded individually a song that we did last Christmas, a really fun song, and, and she so brilliantly put it all together with uh, bits of video we, we sent in. It was fantastic, but it was so much work for her. Um, wh mm -hmm. so, so where can listeners keep track of, of what's happening with Jennifer Reed and Jenny's Wrens, Reed's Warblers? Yeah, we've got a, a website, www.reedswarblers.co.uk. And um, you have a yeah. Facebook, Facebook presence as well. We do Reed's Wobblers choirs. Yeah, we do. I'll, I'll put notes and links at the bottom of the show notes. So we're back to where we are at the moment. So right up until um, early spring 2020, everything was hunky-dory and going well. And your point... Absolutely. And just can I just cut in there? It was going to be our best year ever because we'd got the lead from Phantom of the Opera. Um, Zoe Curlett was Christine Dyer in the Phantom of the Opry on the West End, and she was also a in Les Mis on the West End. 
Um, so it was going to be our greatest star, if you like, going to guest with us because I haven't I haven't mentioned it before, uh, but the people who run these courses for us, the Yorkshire singing courses, actually come and guest with us at the choir. So we usually have a special guest, and we were going to have uh, Zoe Curler this year. And this is all in place and poised, ready to start up as soon as... We're all ready to go. If Boris said we could rehearse tomorrow, we're all ready. We've got it all ready to go. And I'm sure yeah. that we would all spring into action again. Well, I just saw on the, on the news the other day that the chief medical officer is saying with some assurance that things are going to be much, much improved by April this year. So it might all come together quicker than you thought. So what does Jennifer Reed do away from business to relax and... and well, it sounds like you don't need to decompress because to paraphrase someone, if you do what you love, you never really go to work or, or something like that. So you probably don't really need to decompress from your business. You know, that's that's exactly how I feel. I mean, just even speaking about it now with you now, I've, but I'm all energised again. I'm just full of energy talking about it and I've got so many ideas whizzing through my head. Let's do that. Let's try this. So, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it makes me feel alive, what I do. When I'm standing in front of a choir, it makes me feel totally alive yeah so we've um concluded that you don't actually need to decompress but you must have some other interests away from music uh i do i'm crazy about gardening i love growing i love anything to do with food i love growing it i love cooking it i love eating it i love my animals i've got dogs cats chickens geese we've just rescued a duck and i think an orphan lamb's coming tomorrow so uh, to contrast against that i love reading about true crime too (laughs) Never a dull moment. Um, <laughs> if you can share with us just one outstanding memory from your from your business life. Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of years ago, we it was a Christmas gig, and we had um, a soprano from English National Opera. The first time that we could all actually jigsaw it all together and have a rehearsal was on stage, actually at the gig. And it was Oh Holy Night and it was our last song. And it was the, there was one little bit where um, the, the, the choir had sung their bit, then the brass joined in and it built and built and that was exciting enough. And then Kathy came in with her bit and the huge force of it all and the look on the choir's faces and, and my face, it was just pure joy of the power of music that we were part of this incredible enormous sound full of joy and it was something that I know everybody on stage who was listening to this will know exactly the moment I'm talking about we just could not stop smiling for hours it was just like I don't know we were just being injected with such happiness it was just the most powerful experience to be part of that and that's something I will always remember the moment when everything we've been talking about all came together, the music, the camaraderie and the, and the special thing that you can't, you can't bottle. It's, yeah, it's almost like something happens through you. Yeah. Like you're just a vessel for something happening through you. That's how it felt. And just look, looking back on the timeline on a much less profound level, which came first, Gareth Malone or you? I, do you know something? I don't really know. I know that... Um, Gareth came into the public eye when we would already started. Yeah, your your Reeds Warblers, where you went independent independent with your choirs, was two thousand and nine, 
I, I don't know when, when Gareth... No, but do you know something, Jules? Choirs have been a big part of communities for a long time. I mean, um, we were lucky enough to work with Castleford Male Voice Choir, and that's a mining community. It's all part of, of connection and community. You know, yeah. like years ago, the, the, pit, the pit bands, the brass bands, the choirs, there's a, there's a pride in it. There's a, there's a sense that you're proud to belong to something. It's, it's been around forever. It's been a real pleasure to talk to somebody who's so passionate and invested in, in the career, but it's not even really a career, it's a way of life for you, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky. I am so lucky to be able to do something I love and earn a living from it, yeah. And it's been a real insight for me to um, hear Jen's, how, how, how Jennifer sees her career objectively. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Thanks, Jules. So there we have it. It's a wrap on the very first episode of Getting Down to Business. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed making it. I don't think Parky's got too much to worry about just yet, but we'll see how things go. And if you are involved in the day-to-day management of your own business in Goole or within a five-mile surrounding area, and you would like to be included as a guest in a future episode of Getting Down to Business, please get in touch. Thank you.